Welcome to the EDM Producer Podcast. This is the show where we interview electronic music producers from around the world, and we ask them how they make their music, what they're doing in the studio, talk about marketing, talk about careers. The goal of the show is to help you guys out there become better producers yourselves and better marketers so you can get your music out there, get it heard. Now, we always have awesome producers on the show. This show is no different. Pablo Nouvelle is joining us today, and this should be an interesting talk because I mean, he could correct me, but he doesn't do straight electronic. I mean, he's into pop combined with electronic, combined with soul, and probably a bunch of other things that, that he'll explain to us. But it's a very cool sound. It's a very chill sound, and uh, I really, really enjoy it. So, Pablo, thanks so much for joining the show. Well, thank you. I, I do agree with what you just said. Absolutely. Okay, good, good. Is that how you would describe your your music? Yeah, it's, it's always hard if people ask me what I'm actually do. then I like to, yeah, run away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, it's like, it's electronic, it's, it's, but it's like soul music, but it's not soul, it's not electronic. It's basically, I would call it pop music, but, but yeah. Pop music nowadays sounds so negative. So, yeah, it's difficult. I hear what you're saying. It's the same thing with the term EDM. I yeah. mean, when I can, when I, what, how I consider EDM is electronic dance music. But you know, a lot of places around the world, they'll say I don't do EDM because they do like tech house or house music, and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, and yeah. To me, it, it is. But so the term is confusing. So I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> tough life. Anyway, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and, you know, what you're up to these days? Well, uh, it's it's rather stressful these days, but um a good a good stress if if you can call it like this. Um I'm about to release my album um next Friday. So, I'm doing a lot of promo, a lot of interviews, um but also still a lot of creative work, uh, rehearsing with my band. Um, I just set up a little solo set where I can play with just an MPC and the push with Ableton to nice. play in radio shows. And actually, I studied animation film. Um, so I do a little trailers and stuff and animate. Like at the moment, I am about to animate faces of the people that were singing on my album just to have a, a little uh, thank you note and a little promo um, visually. So um, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff going on right now. Wow, you do it all. Can well, I try. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I guess I'm kind of a control freak, or <laughs> I don't know. You have to control everything because, yeah, so so much stuff can go wrong. Actually, I can, totally know what drive, you mean. Can drive you crazy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you all, you do have a band. Can you explain your band and how that fits in your productions? Yeah, that's actually pretty special. I I. I Took me a long time to to find a way how I perform my stuff. I I did an album already three years ago, which was just producing just me alone in my studio, a lot of sampling, a lot of old soul samples, and for a long time I thought it's not really possible to to play that stuff without just having like thousands of sounds coming out of nowhere. <laughs> But uh, actually, I had that vision um, of a band that like people playing several instruments at the time and really playing it live, you know, no play along, no nothing. Right. And I saw um, over some friends, I saw um, two guys, they had a band and they, they really like played 
the NPC with the elbow, played the bass drum with the foot, played guitar, and were singing and like crazy stuff and looping everything and building walls of sounds. Like, um, it sounded a bit like Radiohead in the end, but like just two guys doing it. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, I asked them if they'd be uh, up for joining my band and playing my songs, like with that attitude of, yeah, being being not enough people, so having uh, to think about the next corner and, and to find a way to play it really live. So, yeah, actually, that's what we do um, do nowadays. So we have the, the a drummer. He plays like live drums, but also a pad, like the SPD, SX, the, the standard thing, mm-hmm. where I can give him all my noisy samples and <laughs> even... Sometimes I gave I give him uh, bass sounds where he can play the bass, and he's uh, 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 a really really good uh, singer as well. So he plays the drums, samples, and he is singing. Um, and on the other side, there is a guitarist, and he plays the bass as well, and he's singing as well. Wow! Um, so these, I got these are the two guys that you saw do performing all this yeah, stuff at once. And yeah, you just, exactly. You said just join my band. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, so I got two vocals um to sing cuz I have so many different vocals. Right. Uh, it's important that like yeah, I got different timbres uh with them that this is like my setup of having the lyrics done while they do all the other stuff. I see. And then I play um me I play uh MPC uh, MPC Renaissance at the moment, although I'm not really happy with it. I don't know too many people who are. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so this um, enables me to play samples like vocal stuff, all those uh, Motown stuff I used to sample, but also like um, pads, harmonies, and a lot of drums as well. So I can like finger drum stuff. Um, and on, with the other hand, I play uh, a Nord stage, or actually a Nord electro, like nowadays, because um, I has more sounds, okay. more sample based sounds, and a Dave Smith uh, Mofo 4X, a, a wonderful synthesizer. I love it. It's it's simple, not that expensive. Um, yeah, and you actually know what you're doing. Uh, like, yeah. How much do they got- cost? It's around 1,500 Swiss francs, which is like more or less dollars, the same I amount. I see. It's and a, it, it gives it, you a lot. It gives you a lot for that amount of money. Is yeah. it analog? Um, it has analog parts. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah, Dave Smith, he doesn't do any straight analog stuff, right? A lot of the times, the oscillators are digital, but the filters are analog or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you something about his instruments. Every time I see one, I just want to play it. I mean, he's got the most beautiful instruments I've ever seen. They're amazing. Yes. Yeah. And they sound, they sound amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So you have a, you have a little operation going there, like the band. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought I was proud of of myself that I could keep it so small, but, um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's big uh, for electronic music. And if you go touring, you have all that, uh, all that gear. Uh, yeah. Right. Plus, uh, what I forgot to mention, which is very important as well. Um, I, we got our own engineer on board and he takes his own equipment with him as well. His own, um, 
how do you call it? Like the PA equipment? Yeah, not the PA, but the the, the mixing desk, gotcha. a digital mixing desk, um, where he's able to put effects on it, um, a lot of compressors and stuff. Wow. So he 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 basically has a, a studio situation, which he can like take into the venue, and then he just have to do like little adjustments to the venue, and also we got our um, stage sound set up already, and he's he's just doing minor changes. What board, um, what board does he use? Uh, I, I can't tell, actually. Okay. Um, he, he, he just switched recently. Um, I don't know. He, okay. used to, he used to have a bear ringer yeah. for some times. And his cover, he had like a sticker on it. Life is a compromise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now I think life is not a compromise anymore. And he got something better. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Behringer's coming on strong. Yes, yes, they are. They are like the next. And you remember? I don't know if you remember Samsung back like twenty years ago. They made crappy mm-hmm. electronics. Yeah. N- now they're the king. I think Behringer is like the next Samsung, but for audio. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, they are everywhere already because they were just so cheap, and yeah, they're just improving. Like yeah. Like anyone else? Yeah. Well, how did you get started doing this? I mean, I read in your bio that you started out of making hip hop beats. Yeah, well, as a kid, I used to play keys all the time. And um, yeah, more and more I got into hip hop, like a child of, of our time. I was like 14, I I started rapping and producing beats. And yeah, fortunately, I stopped rapping after a few years, but I kept on um, playing around with the MPC 2000 uh, XL. Um, I had back then. Right. And yeah, I, I got myself a Cubase and that MPC and um, some cracked, basically everything was cracked back in the days because <laughs> I had no money. I was a kid. Right. So like MIDI software stuff, like I don't even remember what it was. Like, I don't know, or, orchestral, Roll orchestral. I had a thing like that. Like a controller? No, that was a that was an instrument, a, a media instrument, which I used for strings and stuff. Really, but that was really really the beginning, and and it was even even back then it was too much for my little laptop. <laughs> that was yeah. like the pioneering days. Yeah, yeah, it was it was hard. If I if I think back, how how complicated everything was. I can't tell you, man. Like. Back when I was growing up, it was like the first time like sequencers were out on old school PCs. It was like rough, mm. like old school drum machines. It was yeah. it was like the FM eight or the uh, DX seven era. Like everything turned FM into like yeah. FM synthesis. It was very eighties and yeah. and like clingy, clangy. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> anyway, cool. So uh, and I remember reading in your bio how you explained it very interestingly, where hip hop. You did that for a while, then you kind of saw where it came from. You like you looked behind the curtain of hip hop and saw where the roots of where all the the samples and stuff came from, and that got you interested. Yeah, basically that's the the, the strange the strange thing about our time, uh, the time where like everything is said, everything is already done. So you grow up with your her- heroes, which is like imagine it was Swiss hip hop, but like Swiss German rap. <laughs> Because uh, that was, was what I was understanding back at the time because I didn't understand English. Right. So from there, I had to discover 
the ones that they were copying and then with like uh, listening to Wu-Tang, I was uh, finally understanding who they were like sampling and yeah, you just have, you basically just go all the way backwards to to find out where the roots are. And if you don't like grow up in a, in a family where like your parents are listening to Marvin Gaye or yeah, whatever. So you have to like find out yourself. So that took some time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good journey though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's get geeky now. Cause I know that's what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so your doll, are you still using Cubase? Still, yes. Well, uh, I I'm, might disappoint you, but I'm actually using Cubase Studio 4 student version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't quite work. disappoint me, but it's odd. Yeah, it is. But it does everything it has to do. Yeah. I was just too lazy for an update. I actually asked them for, for um, how you call it, like if they give me a, a version for, for free and they said yes. And then I forgot to answer the email and I stuck <laughs> with my Cubase <laughs> It still works. I and know. Like, uh, I mean, I update like um, plugins and stuff and, and that's what it is all about. And the rest is, yeah. I know yeah. a side trans producer who use, still uses Cubase 4. So we're not the only one. Oh, right. You guys oh. are the only two. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. If it does what you want it to do and you're fast with it, there's no need to change. Yeah. No, I have to admit, I got uh, Ableton Live as well. Mm-hmm. What do you uh, think about that? Yeah, we've we've been enemies for a long time. <laughs> and yeah, we start to get along slowly because I actually, <laughs> I just use it for live stuff. Right. And more and more, I see there and here an advantage compared to the old Cubase. So, and it needs no dongle. Actually, that's the thing as well. Right, Cubase is like the one of the only ones now that need a dongle. Yeah, and it's I mean, in the, like everything's portable. I'm always working with my computer everywhere, like the laptop. Yeah, and this this dongle, yeah, it's, it's from, just sticking from another out. time. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way with Cubase. Like for live, you can't beat it because that's what it was designed for originally. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm using Studio One, which is kind of like a Cubase cousin. And now we're going to take a quick break for the Gouda Audio giveaway of the day. We're giving away two plugins today from Gouda Audio, the Kicker plugin and Drummer plugin. If you haven't checked them out, go to GoudaAudio.com and check these things out. They have two great drum plugins. There's a cool synth plugin. Really good stuff. Perfect for electronic music. And uh, David over there was gracious enough to give us these to give away on the show. To be part of these contests, you just have to go to edmr.com. That's edmmr.com. Sign up for the hot list. It's just name and email address. And you are entered in all future contests. And the winner for today is Matt, who signed up on the hot list with the username Sixth Sector. So, Matt, we're going to be sending you an email with the registration codes for those plugins. Congratulations. And for everyone else, remember to sign up for the hot list and head over to goudaaudio.com and check out the plugins there. They're awesome. All right, back to the show. Tell us some of the things you do in a studio. I see in your videos, you're, you're banging on the MPC, you're playing keyboards, you're playing synthesizers. Um, what's your workflow all about? How do you, you get a song done? Um, yeah. I I have to admit the MPC I don't really use it anymore in the workflow. It just somehow it, it fall out because it was too complicated. Right. Um. I I really use it for life 
only. Because I, um, I, I use it really like an instrument. When Back in the days when I was sampling more, when I didn't have the possibilities to do all those sessions with all those singers, because um, I basically was just a guy sitting in Switzerland knowing no one. <laughs> um, well, I had to like, yeah, find my samples uh, in, in like soul stuff and there's like that bunch of acapellas where everybody is sampling from from that um um motown thing right right um and back in the days the mpc was really an instrument and i used it to really like play around play those drums and stuff and now uh, actually most of the thing is is getting together in the cubase where I may start with some drums or I have some noisy samples and stuff like from film libraries or stuff I recorded myself, like nerdy anything. It can really be from like a paper to some nails dropping to the floor or whatever. <laughs> and then I combine this stuff often with battery from uh, native. Yeah. Instruments. I think battery four is really an amazing thing. Um, not really for signature sounds i get these from like samples but then to like just have the pressure of a bass drum that really hits like on the right place you know and the snare is in your face and it's just like if you combine it with noisy stuff this can get really interesting but that actually all happens in the cubase nowadays for me I see. So, so how are you using battery? You're saying you use it in conjunction with other instruments, or you like loading your samples into battery and then using the built-in effects of battery? No, actually, um, I just got a MIDI track with battery and um, all the other stuff. I just uh, take it in in the DAW and I play around with it. Uh, really, just on audio tracks on the Cubase. Gotcha. Very, very, very simple. I see. So are you yeah. using the sounds from battery then in, a, in conjunction with that, you mean? Yes, exactly. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Have you tried machine yet? Yes. Um, yeah, I think machine is the future. I know, man. I, I bought the first machine when it came out and I, I didn't like it for a couple months and then mm-hmm. I, return, or I sold it on eBay or Craigslist or whatever and then I bought a machine micro, got back into it and now I'm in love with the thing. Yeah, I can imagine. It's it works really great with a doll. I mean, for for beats and drums, you can just be so creative with it. I think. And then you use it as a plugin in the doll. Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. So you've used machine then. Yeah, a friend of mine got it, and I I played around with it, and 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 it's just like he got the whole complete ten with all those sounds, right. and it took me a while to understand. Like for me, it was just a pad where you sample something, then you put it on the pad and then there's that sound on that pad. But like they have one pad and then it's a whole instrument. So that whole thing I didn't really get so far. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, yeah. But then as I, when I realized how what's behind it, like all those instruments, that whole universe of all that powerful uh, instruments... It's ridiculous. It's just it's too much. I know it's too much. <laughs> it's, it's really too crazy. Because <laughs> I'm coming from MPC to sound XL, there is nothing on it. <laughs> right. You have to put every sound on it. Right. And this, yeah. But also now for live MPC, um, as I need so many 
banks and NPC, still the Renaissance got only like, um, what's that? Eight, eight banks per program. You know, it's like A, B, C, D, and then you have the same again. Yeah, I, I actually haven't used it, but... Yeah, it, it just gives you like eight times 16 paths. Okay. And as, uh, when you play live, that's not that's by far not enough huh. for me. So you then have to close like the project and open a new project. And I still do that on stage each time when we play. Really? So I like, I know, okay, now we're going into like the second part of the concert of the program. So I know I have to say something and it takes like a minute to load the program <laughs> it's ridiculous but you get so used to it like you just have to yeah go go with it but actually i because yeah buy a machine and all the problems would be gone exactly and they have now they have machine studio which is a beast yeah it's huge i know yeah very cool very cool i've not i have not used mpcs too much so i don't know but from the reviews i've read and how they compare them to machine it's still kind of a little in the background, it's a little old. I mean, it has not caught up mm -hmm. to like where machine is going. Yeah, and yeah, definitely. And native Which instruments. Is sad because that they are releasing new stuff now. Is MPC Touch? I saw, and I still just think it it won't be able to to yeah, yeah. catch up machine. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, and the software has a lot to do with it because the machine yeah. software is killer. I mean, some a lot of times I use it without even having the hardware hooked up. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I just want to say, if somebody buys complete from Native Instruments, they technically never have to buy another thing in their life, but still. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right. How about some of the things you like to do for your production? Do you have any production production tips you could share with the uh, listeners? Um, well, uh, what I'd say, just to, to catch up what you just said with the, with the whole machine universe, I think... It's so easy to get lost because it's so much. Um, maybe that's the same thing with with the with the music as it was hard back in the days. It was also maybe good that we started with like an MPC with no sounds, so you had to like find your way to get your sounds. And I think that's still important nowadays that you just not like search your way through that whole like native uh, universe. It doesn't need much, but I think. It gets really interesting if you start to combine whatever, like just something very personal, very you, whatever that is, with those sounds, with all that, that quality that those sounds bring with them. Because like they're all perfect. They got the perfect EQ and right. perfect in your face and whatever. And just it's important, I think, to make it personal as a producer or an artist and to make it dirty somehow, you know, just make it, give it that touch somehow, that life, because it's all digital. It needs some human in there somehow. Right. I agree right. with you. That's a great tip. And it, like you, the word you used to best describe it was interesting. It keeps things interesting when you do that. And if you used all perfect samples, you'll have like a perfectly sounding, perfect sampled song and it just won't have any life to it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm with you. Great tip. What else? Um, yeah, what else? Um, Sidechain. Sidechain everything. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's for what purpose? Like, how do you decide how much sidechain and what do you put it on? Um, 
I, I, for a long time, I didn't know uh, about sidechain at all, actually. I didn't know what it does and where it's coming from and why. And um, then actually my engineer, um, the one who is mixing um, all, all my records, it's not the, the same one um, I'm working with on life. It's right. a, a, another guy is like a bit the, my person of trust because like he, he's, a, he's a big, uh, how you say, criticism <laughs> so um he he showed me how this is done with that uh that whole side chaining thing and it's it's actually a dance music thing originally but as as far as i know and um yeah it, it just makes sense in so many ways because it gives space yes and that's a very important thing in music that it to have space to to too little to reduce it to the max because like it's much stronger if there's just like that one sound that really needs it and not like 10 sounds to like yeah get away with it that that one sound was not the best you could do right. and i think the side chain goes in the same direction it, it, i mean it's it just somehow it gets your sound sorted and yeah you have that bass drum at, at 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 the right place. Exactly, I'm totally with you on that. In fact, somebody just sent me a song today and asked, "What do you think about this?" It was a kind of a newer producer, and it was a beautiful song. But he had mm -hmm. the bass drum going in the background, and I could hardly hear it. And uh, there was, I could tell there was no side chaining on it, and it just opening up that space and letting that kick drum just punch you in the chest really yeah. makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Do you have any favorite plugins that you like to use in your productions? Well, um, yeah, we, we talked about um, battery. Mm -hmm. um, and I use a lot of guitar rig, actually, for all the, all the plugin, uh, all the effects, um, such as reverb, delays. Um, so will you else? put them on an aux chain? Um, no, actually, most of the time I just put them directly on on the audio track. Gotcha. Yeah, very very simple. And you're not using it for guitar, like you're using it for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I barely have guitars in in my productions, um, and, and I don't use the amps or anything. I just really use the reverbs and what else? Yeah. That, that's no, that's great. Let's talk about that for a second. You're the second person that brought that up in the past two weeks. And it's funny, I just started opening up a guitar rig again, too, and just throwing it on everything. It's mm -hmm. so much fun. And yeah. yeah, even if you don't use the amps, there's, I don't know, there's something about it that's just kind of fun to to really dial in your sound with. Yeah, I think the, the amps have too much um, distortion. It's yeah. really made for guitars. It doesn't work with the rest. But like the whole, there's like those reverbs, the tractor made for DJ thing, reverb. I don't know really how it's called. This one is just, it's it's like an endless reverb. Really? And, and yeah. And it's, it's, you don't have to use it as an endless, but it has that possibility. And you just give it like you, you make it almost dry, but just a little. But then that little bit is, is so huge. It, that's amazing. Wow. And the delay, um, how is it called? Like the legend, the, the green delay, the space echo. Okay. Um, it's pretty good as well. It's interesting that you use that guitar rig just for those things. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. For life, I use a uh, real like the, those boss uh, effects, the digital effects, you know, the guitar effects, the, the pedals. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then uh, you have like a knob, uh, and I can control it, and it's there, and you got something in the hand. It's like an instrument, exactly. and I think for life, it's important. But in production-wise, it's it, it's easy to have it all in the box, basically. I agree. It just makes it so easy. Yeah. Cool, man. That's another plus one for guitar rig. Yeah, definitely. Any other plugins that you love? They could be either synthesizers or any type of effects plugs. Mm, effect for side chaining, I use how is it called? Eliza, Eliza something. Hmm, I'm not sure. How do you spell it? E L Y S A M. Elysium. Elysium. Actually, I'm not sure. Side chain. Let me see. Oh, Alicia, Alicia, Yes, that's that's it. I they see. have a side chainer, and it's rather complicated compared with like the Ableton Live uh, Nine side chainer they got yeah. there. But um, it, it does a great job. Interesting. Is it a? Uh, I'm looking at their website. Is it? It's all software, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if they did like like real stuff back in the days and now it's software or something like that. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know. I only know the software. Okay. Yes, I have seen this. I have seen this. Um, yeah. Are these free? These aren't free. No, no. Gotcha. Cool. Well, that's a good yeah, suggestion. Cool. Not too many people are using that for sidechain. I don't hear it too often, but I think I have heard it once or twice. All right. But it's great. Yeah. I mean, I love using different Th different plugins and synths. I mean, I won't buy Silent just because everybody else uses it. I'll just use something else. Yeah, I, I don't want to sound like everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Brings us back. Brings us back to the native problem. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know. And then um, for instruments, I actually started to use a lot that um, uh, REF reverse thing. Um, yeah. Output, they're called. They just released a lot of stuff now with the signal and the what's the other one? The Ex woke exhale. Thing. Exhale, yeah, exactly. So you have them. Yeah, well, I I just I I used rever reverse. Yeah, reverse is the name. Yeah, I used that one a lot, and I just recently bought signal and the exhale. Nice. And I use signal now a few times, and it's amazing. The way they although, combine things, it's very smart how they put that together. Yeah, yeah. Although my, my laptop has a bit problems to keep up with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old machine as well. Really? Well, three years. Bit that, more. That's not too bad. It's all right. But now now I see like with those new uh, fancy plugins, it, it, it gets tough. Yeah. At least you're not using like a computer from back in the Cubase 4 days. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Cool. No, fortunately not. And with with this uh, output uh, products, I I love their sound, but it's very particular as well. I I think you can easily tell if somebody knows the plugin, you right. can tell directly, like that. Oh, that's that's that plugin. Right, like that so, signal or that's exhale. Yeah, exactly. So I think you really have to use it wisely to to yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Now you seem to like using hardware and stuff. Do you use much hardware in your productions, like instruments-wise? Like, do you use that Dave Smith synth? 
Yeah, definitely. The, the, uh, the Dave Smiths changed a lot for me just to have like a real synthesizer and, and to play around with it. Tell me, tell me it, how, that is, how that is and how that fits in. The, the thing is, what's so great about it is it has so many uh, different presets, like from sub basses to, to, to pads to lead synths, and they're really, really far from each other. And then you can tweak them and, and, and like it's very responsive and pretty simple. Um, like you know what you're doing. It's just not happening anything. So really, um, that, that makes it very strong to work with because it gives you so many possibilities. Plus it is an instrument, which is still something completely different than a plugin. Yeah. You're really like, yeah, you just like can put like the noise and the, the frequency with just one knob and yeah, it's, it's just another feeling and I, I love it. And there I use the other reverb just in front before I go into, into the computer just to, to make it a little wet and the more. Which reverb? Yeah. The Dave Smith reverb? Um, no, it's also just a cheap uh, Boss uh, digital reverb, the uh, black one. Wow. So you run the synth into that and then run that into the DAW? Yeah, exactly. And how do you record it into the DAW? Do you play like a whole so a whole song all the way through or you just like record samples and then put them into the song? Yeah, loops, basically just play on top of like for example if i got drums uh i just loop the drums and then i play on top play the synth on top of it yeah i and see. loop it and then i cut it gotcha. i do a lot of cutting and editing afterwards yeah yeah always yeah now do you find because i want to get a hardware synth i'm, I'm really egging to get one mm -hmm. um but I always, I'm thinking to myself, am I going to use this or is it just going to sit there because of the, you know, the difficulty of it's not a plugin. So you have to actually have wires and connect it to a thing and you got to record it with audio. And does it, do you find that it's, it's not that cumbersome and you actually end up using it more than you think? Well, for me, that happened because I used to work with almost only MIDI for, for a long time. Yeah. And I, I had like the same thoughts and thought, mm, and then you have all that audio material and will you, will you like get along with it actually? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually scared that I couldn't reproduce it then because it's, but it's a great thing because it sounds how it sounds at that very moment. And the next time the sound will, will be a little bit different. Right. And I often, I just like, I compose, I play stuff. The next day, I have no clue what I've played, and I have really a hard time to get it back uh, in my fingers to to realize what I've actually done. Yeah, yeah. And with MIDI, that's simple. You just open up the, the MIDI bar, and you you see what's going on. So yeah, I had to get used to it, but it was really worth it. I, I think it really brought my whole production on another level. Also, to get a bit of that moment back, you know, that momentum that. Yeah, it's it's there for that moment, and it, it gives it uh, a, a little magic back in that digital world. Right, that's very cool. So you do end up using it a lot, then? Yes, absolutely. It's Good. not the only one. Um, I play a lot of Nord uh, pianos as well. I see. I'm I see. actually a big fan of of what they're doing, like the the whole road section. They got the, all the sampled sounds from strings to all those um, retro stuff they got and they got, yeah, I, I don't even know, strange things, but you can download it on their page and always update like your um, Nord really? electro or stage or whatever. Yeah. 
Oh, that's great that you could actually put new sounds into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's very important. So you can like it, it evolves with the time as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't know that they did that. That's cool. Yeah, and it's it's a great instrument as well. Although I don't like the synthesizers they do. Really? No, not at all. But like the organs and and the the roads and the pianos and the sample based uh, stuff and also the instrument is just beautiful. Like the, the the keys, the heavy keys are amazing and yeah, really like it. Are are they fully weighted or are they like synth action? Um, there are different kind of like the North Stage has fully weighted keys yeah. and the electro is more of an organ light one. Gotcha. Yeah, I love playing them when I go to the music store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, there, I spent some time there as well. Yeah, I can imagine the uh, the pitch wheel though and the modulation knob is a little weird, but it's like, like the wood one. Yeah, it's wooden. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks beautiful, but I never use it. <laughs> <laughs> How about um, is there anything else in the studio that you want to talk about before we move on? Um, yes, yes, absolutely. Because um, I rediscovered only like a year ago um, just having a real piano. That's actually, especially um, talking about my new album coming uh, next week. There's a lot of um, just real piano. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about when you say the piano, is that that upright piano that you're playing in your videos? That's the one you bought? Yes, yes, exactly. Actually, a friend of mine, which I used to share my old studio with, he bought it and he didn't like it. So he wanted to sell it. So I had to buy it from him that he wouldn't sell it. <laughs> and what, did you take and, the front off of the thing? Yeah, everything actually. And <laughs> I um, I don't know how, I, I muted the piano just with, with some, um, how you say, like you can put anything there, like a t-shirt or, or anything. So it's very, very calm. And and that makes it very intimate. Ah. And then I just like put the microphones to the max and I just play it very, very uh, quietly. And that gives it that special sound. And you hear like my breath, you hear like my fingers on the keys. Like you just get a result you would never get with any plugin. That's badass, man. Well, yeah, that's actually simple. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but it it makes it makes the, the sound very organic. I can imagine. That's great. That's a great idea. I never thought about. Like most people want to make their stuff louder, not softer. Yeah, you can still then blow it up. Uh, yeah. Afterwards, but yeah, and then if you do it, it that whole thing gets even more intense. Exactly. You, know, you have all that noise. Right. Right. Which, which no plugin can do. So. Yeah. That's very cool. I love that. Anything else in your studio? Well, that's that's about it, I think. All right. Um, let's just touch on mastering real quick because people like to know about that. Do you do your own mastering or do you have it uh, done for you? I have it done for me. Yeah, I, I, I even don't do my own mixes. Oh, wow. Aren't you spoiled? Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Who does it? Your engineer? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Cool. that's great. He has like an old analog uh, mixing desk. He works on a computer, but he has like that huge machine, which is heating the whole building because it's so old and so hot. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it makes the sound, once again, it makes it dirtier. Um, <laughs> so he, he knows where to put the stuff to really make like things where they belong. Interesting. Um, but on the same time, it just gives it another, another, yeah, 
like another Level. layer of saturation. Yes, yes. So yeah, that's well, cool. He, yeah, but it's just like I, I wouldn't do it with anyone else. It's just it's just him. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, who do you use for mastering, or does the label get it done? Um, I used to do some of my mastering at the Metropolis Studios in London, and that was pretty awesome. But now, actually, with the album, I decided to do no mastering at all. But, well, actually, the, my mixing engineer did a mastering himself just to, like, make sure it's loud enough right. that um, everything is, like, on the same same level and, and everything like that. But he didn't do any but, heavy mastering on it. No, nothing at all. Because we we actually we thought we know what we're doing. We got exactly the sound we want to have. Uh, why do a, why do a master? I hear you. Yeah. I said that a couple shows ago. Now I also do another show called the Mastering Show, where mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to ask you know my co-host who is Ian Shepard, he's mastering engineer. I'm going to ask him a lot of the things we talked about here. Like some people say, why mastering? You know, like you said, it my mix sounds the way I want. You know. Mm. so I'm curious to see what he has to say about that yeah he'll, he'll definitely have an answer <laughs> yeah he'll have an answer cool yeah well let's talk a little bit about your career then um, a lot of people want to get their music out there and heard obviously and they want to get signed with labels do you have any suggestion for picking a label or, and getting actually signed up by label mm, I, it's difficult to, to, to give suggestions because there's a lot of luck involved Always, okay. no matter how good you are, I think. Um, how could we take luck out of the picture, like make it a non-lesser factor and make it more like... That's a good question, yeah. I think the, the only way to do it is just try harder <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and keep on trying. Just push your luck. Just like try everything, like go to the people. I used to... 10 years ago, I used to go to every singer I saw playing anywhere which I liked and just gave him a CD with my instrumentals and, and my, my number or my email and said, I love your stuff. If you love my stuff, call me, let's work together. Huh. And, and yeah, I just, since, I don't know, 15 years, I just try to push my luck wherever I can. So, um, well, how about these days? Like you have an album being released. Um, is that with a label and how did you pull that off? Yeah, what I've done basically is when I finished my first album, um, I hired a, a promo agency in London because I knew I had to go, I had to get out of Switzerland because it's like the golden cage. It's, it's beautiful uh, here and it's great. But music wise, you're just like, no chance. Nobody cares what, what's happening in Switzerland. Right. Even if you make it here, huh. you certainly won't make it anywhere else. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, the, it's, the it's golden hard. cage. Yeah. So um, I knew with like having set up my new project, like new sound, new name, new everything, I wanted to like be in London, not me, but the music. It needed to be like somewhere else. And so I thought like London is, to, is the place to be. Okay. Um, this or the US because like everybody yeah follows the trends that are coming from either from the UK or from from the US so I, I hired a promo agency over there not really knowing what I was doing I think I paid way too much <laughs> <laughs> that is what I've been told afterwards but um, they did a great job 
and ah. I managed to um, have uh, an article in the Guardian. I was like band of the day in the Guardian. Wow. And then suddenly everything started rolling. Like labels came up to me, booking agencies came up to me. Um, yeah, all kind of stuff. So it was and, worth but, the money. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was, and it was after that one article, or after a bunch of things that they did. It was a bunch of things. It was okay. a, a lot of music blogs and and stuff. Like everyone picked up pretty well, actually. For I was like a complete no name, but it was mainly that article where I like I got up in the morning and I had like seven emails from like Sony to little labels to so I knew something happened. Wow. But um, it took me another two years to really like get the right people to work with. Because like, especially like the big labels, they just want to have their hand on it, you know, and see what, what happens next and, and be there. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't go for it and do anything themselves was, was my experience. Huh. So I, I flew to London like three or four times to meet people and talk to them and Often they like they didn't even show up. Get out and, of here! Yeah, it was <laughs> it was it was not easy. Um, and I then I met a booking agent in London, and she uh, more by by accident she connected me with my manager, which I'm working now, and like that changed everything because he was in the business for almost 15 years or even more. Okay. Um, actually, originally a guy from Switzerland who lives in London now of, for 14 uh, years already. So, and he knows everyone, you know, like suddenly I could, if I like saw someone on a music blog, which I liked the singer or a songwriter, I, I could like get to them. I could just like ask my manager, do you know them, their management or their, their label? And, and suddenly I could connect with people and, and work with them. And he like set up the whole situation with a label, with the booking agency, with um, <clears throat> um, uh, publishing, all that kind of stuff. So I act, what I did actually was just like exactly the opposite way around what people used to do 20 years ago. Like I, I hired promo to get to a label, not got a label to hire a promo. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, how yeah, did you, how did you find your manager accidentally? Well, it was like, it was a festival called M4 Music here in Switzerland. And they, it's not only a music festival, but it's like uh, a business, like all those showcase festivals, you know, where all the business people meet and they have like talks and panels. And yeah, uh, he was at that panel talking about, ironically, he was talking about how to break the English market. So he, him as a Swiss guy uh, who like made it as a manager in the, in the UK, he was invited as a speaker <laughs> and she just introduced me to him um, and we shaked hands and said hello and that was it. But <laughs> he then got back to me because apparently he checked out my music and yeah, he wrote me an email and then we, we caught up and yeah, well, that whole thing got, got rolling. Wow. But that was actually all that, that booking agency ever ever done for me. <laughs> it, all... it was enough. I mean, now I, yeah, now I know it was enough. But I mean, that was the journey for over three years. 
actually. Yeah. Because sometimes now as my second album is released, um, three years after my first album, I asked myself, I was actually doing nothing else but music the whole time. So what actually happened? Why it took that three years? But it was actually, yeah, it was that whole story with just get my foot out of Switzerland and get to the right people. Right. I guess it took some time. Yeah. But you, but you made it where you want to go, wanted to go. Well, yeah, I'm I'm really happy with my setup now. Um, it's not a UK label actually. I'm with Armada, uh, a Dutch label. Oh yeah, and they are doing like straight trance music. Yeah, like big time trance thing. <laughs> <laughs> which, which uh, yeah, you wouldn't expect if you hear my music. No, no, I didn't expect uh, that. I mean, <laughs> to be yeah. on an Armada label, no. But um, they are they are um, about to like open up their their like setup um, music music wise. Good. And it's like I'm the first thing they do, which isn't straight trance. So um, they're highly motivated and they're great guys. And they like yeah they got uh, a team in the US, uh, the whole Europe covered and really just yeah they are getting it on it's it's great to see like so many people just working on the album making it happen no that's fantastic with them no that's great that you got on that label and how did you get on armada then that's it's just a little odd then i'll stop asking about the labels i mean um that's all right um actually it was it was them um coming up to us i think like a year ago and ask and ask if uh, if if we want to release something on their label, and we weren't too keen. We had no album ready, and now as the album was done, we just got back to them and asked if they'd still be up for it. And I guess they said yes. And they said yes, yeah, and and yeah, they said yeah, absolutely, let's go. And they had like we have that budget, we have that team, we're gonna work uh, like this area and this area, and we just sat there and we're like. All right then, let's do it. <laughs> That's it great. Was brilliant. Yeah, amazing. Really amazing. Well done on that. Good job. Yeah. And so there was a little bit of luck. Yeah, it was a lot of luck. Yeah. And here in Switzerland, I got another label, just a local label, because I set up with them before um, we got to Armada, and which is actually great as well, because like it's a one guy label called Bakra, and he's just like knowing everyone here. And just like, he's the guy calling the radio and tell them to play my songs now. And if they don't do, he just calls them again. <laughs> so it, it's it's good to have a local guy, actually. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. That sounds like a great connection. Yeah. Let's talk about one more thing about your career. I love to ask this question. The listeners know what's coming. Um, I love to ask, what was the most amazing moment you've had in your career so far? Can you explain it? Oh... You know, it, it's difficult to break it all down to one moment. Is there something that stands out where you're like, wow, this is amazing. I can't believe this is happening right now. This is so cool. I don't want this feeling to end. <laughs> um, I think there are like concerts where it can get like kind of unreal, you know? Yeah. If, Especially in venues where I used to go as a kid. Uh, I remember like a few months back, we played uh, Bern, where I grew up. 
um, Dachstock, it's called. It's like an alternative uh, venue, um, very beautiful, um, great, um, great sounds, great, great team. And it was it was completely sold out and people went nuts. And we played a show for um, not not even that long, actually, for uh, one hour. Okay. And um, yeah, it was just amazing. And, and it's like when the moment when you realize that you're actually now on that stage where you used to see all your heroes, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. That has to be a crazy feeling. Yeah. But that's great. Now, as we're winding down here, I like to ask, what is the best way you found to get your music out there and get it heard? I mean, a lot of guys out there are writing tracks. They want to get lots of plays. They want to get noticed. Do you have a piece of advice for them on that? Yeah, as, as I said, it, it's, it's hard, but keep, keep on trying. Okay. <laughs> that's, main, that's mainly the, probably the, the main advice. I think remixes are a good way as well. Okay. Because it's, I, I love to do remixes because um, it's like you get all those, I mean, like official remixes to just to ask the artists that you admire. Um, from the big ones, you won't get the stems, but like smaller ones that aren't that big yet. But like just if you dig music and you find people that are not really known, they, they might give you stems to do a remix. Mm. So... Um, you can pick out like just what you want and build your production around it, which is really fun. It's probably the, the, the thing I enjoy the most in producing is remixes, actually. And on the other hand, you have, uh, you have uh, the connection because you catch up with those people and like they know you then and you know them and like you can push each other. And I think that's a great way to connect and also to evolve as a producer at, at the same time. It's like, yeah, that's remixes. The, yeah, yeah, that's great advice. Remixes. I mean, the way you just explained it there is like the perfect networking tool. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. And it's fun because it's like, it's almost like you're collabing with somebody, but they're not right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Any last words you would like to give to the people before we end off? Um, no, not really. Just um, maybe use the possibility to say uh, thank you to everybody who was involved in the album about to, I'm about to release. All the singers, all the engineers, all the uh, some of the producers who worked with me. Um, yeah, it was it was a, a great journey that just is about to like uh, end, and like it's all on the album now. And yeah, that must great. be a great feeling. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's amazing. Well, best of luck with the album release. Can you tell us yeah. where people can find out more about you and like pick up the album? Um, yeah, well, mainly just visit pablonouvelles.com and there you find all the links to all the social uh, media, all the like the stores and everything. You got everything there. I, I love your website. It's it's like one picture and at the bottom yeah. is all the social media links. I'm like trying to yeah. scroll down. I'm like I love this site. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah, it's actually some friends of mine called, they do that uh, one screener, they call it. Yeah. Yeah, they're convinced that a website needs to be as simple as possible. And yeah, that's that's what they do. We're actually about to create a new one, which will be online in the next few days, but it will still be only one screen. <laughs> I love that one screen. Yeah. They're right. Oh, I'm glad you say that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> 
Cool. Well, thank you so much, Pablo, for doing this. You're really helping a lot of people by uh, doing this interview. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I, I love to do the, the, the geek talk, which oh. you're not allowed to do in regular interviews. <laughs> That's true. We'll come back anytime and, and we'll talk more geek. Yeah. And for everybody who's listening, I just want to say thanks for listening. Head on over to edmer.com to hear all of our other shows. We have the Mastering Podcast, the Plugin Podcast, and the Sound Design Podcast with Seamless. So that's all at edmmr.com. That's going to be it for the Producer Podcast for today. See you next time. Oh,